the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, that's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson, here to get you set for the weekend with your Week 8 locks. First of all, congratulations to Bud Elliott. He's already got one on the board, as he did say on Wednesday's show, if you listened, that he was going to make an official lock on App State to cover that number. We talked about four and a half, five, six. It doesn't matter. It was awesome in Boone, North Carolina on Wednesday night. Fans rushing the field. Yosef just out there high-fiving everyone. Uh, App State takes down Coastal Carolina, hands the shots their first loss of the season, uh, gives Bud Elliott his first win. Let's begin, as we always do, with a look at last week's results. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Cover 3, where we are live for every single Locks show, 11 a.m. on Thursdays. Tom, it was a five and four week. The wins included that sweet, sweet Queen Latifah under 83 in Ole Miss, Tennessee. Uh, also, lock agreement in Northwestern Rutgers under 45. Uh, just rolling through them with that UCLA win with Miami plus seven and a half win. Uh, Michigan State, Indiana under 49. The losses, the under in Auburn, Arkansas. Uh, Texas minus four and a half. That is a lock fight loss to Mr. Cannell. Uh, Georgia minus 21 and a half as uh, that back door got kicked in by the Wildcats at the very last minute. And Wisconsin minus 13 and a half. The Badgers found themselves in a uh, tight and low scoring battle against the United States Military Academy. So, Tom, uh, you are now 37 and 31 on the season. Uh, how are we feeling? Notes from week seven as we move forward. Uh, you know, I don't have any huge notes i i do feel like you know five and four is a good week should have been six and three thanks mark stoops uh but i will say going into this week i've got a full card but i would say that of every single week so far in the college football season this is the one where i found the least amount of value but that doesn't mean i don't like my picks i just think overall like in the last few weeks, there have been plenty of games where I was leaving off that I was like, yeah, maybe I could include that. And they just got cut off at the end because there's too many. This week, I've got everything I like on the card this week, but that's it. Is it? I mean, you just don't like playing with all these 27 and a half, 38 and a half, everything that we've got on the board. I don't know. We'll get, we'll get to it. Uh, Chip, it was a four and three week. The wins included Syracuse plus 13 and a half against Clemson, the under 43 in Iowa, Purdue, the under 45 in Northwestern Rutgers uh, and Baylor minus six against BYU catching a push there on 58 for Bama and Mississippi State. The losses were Iowa minus 11 and a half. Of course, uh, outright losers 
to Purdue. Uh, Boston College plus three and a half. NC State absolutely just took care of business up in Chestnut Hill. Under 63 and a half in North Carolina, Miami. That one was a shootout. Four and three on the week, 31 and 33 overall. I feel like I'm having trouble really breaking out one way or the other. I'm fearful. I think that Danny introduced that as like when you're sitting on these like four and three, three and four, and you're just kind of rocking on both sides of 500, a little bit nervous because you don't know which way it's going to go. I'm telling you, this week we're going all the way to the top. This is going to be the five and two week. I feel it in my bones. Danny also checking in at four and three. Uh, your wins were the Ole Miss, Tennessee, under 83. Lock fight win against Tom with Oklahoma State. Syracuse plus 13 and a half against Clemson. And Vandy plus 18 and a half. How about the doors? The losses were the under in LSU, Florida. The over in Wisconsin Army and Arizona State. Um, we'll pull your uh, your photo up. Is, is Arizona State back on the shelf right now? Oh, is- they're gone. They're 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 shelved. They're out. They're they're put away in storage for an entire season. There may be a helmet play in there today with the LSU helmet rocking back there. You said uh, who did you thank for the loss? I'll thank Cam Rising for sending me. I was close to a five and two week. Went to bed late Saturday night, up 21-7, thinking Sun Devil Danny's ready to go. And then I uh, woke up and it was like, wait a second, did they get the score? Like, wait, the, the tally's wrong, four and three. And then you find out what happens. Hey, that's gambling though, right? Hey, I love that uh, you check not a scores app. CBS has a great app, but uh, but the locks doc, your commitment yeah. to the competition <laughs> is awesome. That is where you go to get your college football scores is this, this Google doc, which uh, we all hold so close to our hearts. Bud uh, kept it a little little skinny. It was a, a disciplined week for our leader on the season, three and two, uh, getting in on the under 83, also cashing the Syracuse first half team total under seven and a half. Also the under 60 and a half in Texas, Oklahoma State. Lost out on the under in Oklahoma TCU. Lost on the under in Marshall, North Texas. Three and two on the week. 42 and 32 for the season. Bud, what do we think and uh, what, what are our big takeaways? Uh, so, I mean, Oklahoma TCU was was clearly wrong. Uh, I spoke on, on the Tuesday college football uh, lunchtime hangout about how Oklahoma is missing these defensive backs and, and how... Uh, after two weeks of this, now I'm very confident those guys are a very big deal. They have three starters out, the, the Sooners do, uh, and also one key backup uh, is out there in the secondary. I, I did not think TCU would take advantage of that like they did. Uh, and Gary Patterson also really didn't have any answers for Caleb Williams. So I, I was very wrong on both sides of that game. Um, you know, to be honest, guys, I would fire under again in Marshall, North Texas. Uh, they had a scoreless third quarter, and then they just went nuts scoring against each other in garbage time. In the fourth quarter, the game finished with, what, seven, 70 points, and they had, like, three touchdowns in the final eight minutes. Um, I, you know, that I, I think I had the right side there and, and lost, uh, but definitely the wrong side in Oklahoma TCU. The others were – I mean, look, you know, you know you're running good when you get a pick six in a game with an under, and it still goes under. That's what <laughs> happened in Oklahoma State uh, – excuse me, yeah, in Oak State, uh, Texas there. So, um trying to just put another dub on the board. All right. Uh, week seven in the books. Week eight on deck. All of y'all who are here joining us live, let's get ready to go. Y'all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. We're picking 
locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Since 2005, when Service Academy's locks. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. Younger is 33.91. We've got over a million times. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right. We begin on Thursday for all the early birds who are getting to this. We got four games, uh, Tulane, SMU, FAU, Charlotte, Louisiana, Arkansas State, San Jose State, UNLV. Uh, anyone have any Thursday action that we want to get out here first? I'm not locking it up, but my Twitter tip of the day is Tulane plus 14 and a half. Risky. Just, I don't. I, Tulane's a tough team to trust, man. And I know you love Willie Fritz, but is that a is that more confidence in the wave, or is that fading the undefeated SMU? Because this is a good time to just start looking at those undefeated teams and just jumping on the other side of it because of the zero in the loss column. It's it's not strictly a fade, although it's certainly playing a role. But it's also just my numbers suggest that this should be closer to eleven than fourteen and a half. But. I don't really trust Tulane that much, which is why I'm not locking it up, and I just made it the Twitter tip instead. So I, I actually have a play on this game. It's it's a little bit opposite of Tom, but I, I think Tom could still get home, and, and I can get home. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play SMU team total over 41.5 at minus $1.20. Um, I make this game 14, but SMU's defense, it allows big plays all the time, right? It, it's really not not reliable in any way, which to me means the back door is probably pretty open, and Tulane's a team that keeps fighting throughout the game. We, we, we've seen that all year. Um, I think over 41.5 is is pretty reasonable here. I, I do expect SMU to score close to 50. Tulane's defense is really not very good. SMU hits explosive plays quite well. Tulane's passing defense is just horrendous, uh, so I, I think they'll get close to 50, so I, I like this play quite a bit. I'll go ahead and get in on the under 71 in this game. Uh, Tulane's offense, which we, you know, hey, they were doing it against Oklahoma. It's like, ooh, maybe this offense. Remember uh, the quarterback we were talking about? I'm like, oh, this is going to be a young superstar. They have been struggling to say the least. But I do, I think some of the shine is worn off. I think there's more tape out on uh, Tanner Mordecai, the system. They haven't been as prolific as of late. So I will take that one uh, under 71. 71 is too big a number for me. All right. Okay. No, no Thursday play here. Uh, Friday, we've got Middle Tennessee and UConn, Memphis and UCF, Colorado State and Utah State, and Washington and Arizona. Any Friday action? A lot of like, this eight games, like throw in the um, Wednesday night game, like nine games before we get to Saturday. That's, it's like a, you know, 18% of the slate. Uh, I loved Memphis earlier this week when I got it at plus three. Don't I still like it now that that it's moved to minus one and a half? I'm not going to lock it up, but I still think that that line is a little short. I think I'd maybe play that anything up to three, and then I'm not going to step to watch it. But so I'm not locking it up. But I also like the over in Washington, Arizona. I was going to say like a hold your nose and play it might be Arizona plus eighteen because what has Washington done to show that they deserve to be an eighteen point favorite against anybody and that includes Arizona? But uh, I am also uh, banning ten thirty p.m. <laughs> Friday night games. Yeah, just can't just, do it anymore. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want that in my life. Uh, but DK, any Friday action? I do have some Friday action. Let's see. Uh, anything that's not uh, actually. Uh, no, I'm going to hold some Friday action for uh, maybe for sprinkle time. Uh, I, I did hit 
Washington and the over at open, but now the, both those have moved like crazy. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pass for Lockin. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and fast forward on to the SEC on CBS game of the week. It is LSU at Ole Miss. Uh, Storylines galore for this one. Not only LSU side where Ed Ogeron is going to finish out the rest of the season before LSU hires its next head football coach. Uh, Lane Kiffin has been, um, you know, back and forth on the status of Matt Corral. I, as we sit here on Thursday, I cannot say confidently whether or not Matt Corral is going to play in this game. Ole Miss is favored by nine, over under of 76. We got Arch, I mean, Eli's Manning's name in the end zone and uh, and just a lot going on around this game in Oxford. Does anybody have a lock for it? They might put Arch's name in the end zone if it means he'll go there. Like that, they, might, they might put it out there. I'm, I'm locking up the under. And a big part of the reason why is what you just mentioned. There's a decent chance Matt Corral's not going to play in this game. Like Lane Kiffin was not shy about that on Monday, saying that he was banged up. He carried the ball 30 times for 195 yards last week. And Matt Corral is not a battering ram kind of quarterback who you want carrying the ball 30 times, nor is he the kind of quarterback who ever slides. He insists on getting hit every single time. So I believe that he's banged up. I do think that he's more likely to play than not. But I I also think that what we saw last week with LSU, how'd they beat Florida? By running the ball. What can you do against Ole Miss? You can run the ball. So I think LSU is probably going to stick to its ground game in this one, which is going to keep the clock running, and it also helped keep that Ole Miss offense off the field and kind of limit the overall possession. So for me, under 76.5, the total's too dang high. All right. Let's fight it. Let's fight it out. What? Yeah. Fight. You know what? Fight. The ghost fight. of Barton Simmons fight. over Army lives on. This is one of my plays for the weekend. There's one thing we know, and I do. I have a feeling that we see Matt Corral. I think Lane. Uh, I think Lane's sandbagging, right? I think he's oh, he's banged up. I think we see him. If they don't, I do think there's one thing you can trust, and that's an Ole Miss offense with whoever's calling the shots, because Lane Kiffin finds ways to get guys wide open. Uh, last week, I could not have been more wrong on LSU. Now they're showing more balance. I think they'll be able to put up points, plenty of points against Ole Miss's defense, which everyone else has been able to do. So I'm saying this is going to be the shootout with which we've seen out of Ole Miss almost every game this season. And with LSU of late, we're starting to see more balance on the offensive side of the ball. They can run it or throw it. I think they're still out there. So I'm going to say this is going to be the shootout that we anticipate. So we have – oh, sorry, Danny. No, go ahead. We have a dental pick in this game. Here, oh, so here we, comes we got a, a loss. We, we we have a dentist fight. Uh, and Tom, please take the over. Please take. He the is over. joining your side. It's <laughs> under seventy six and a half. Oh, now, he, he, he did get the win last week, uh, which is my bad because I totally spaced and forgot to read his pick. But he did text it to me because I was texting my golf stuff. Um, all right, getting back into my groove here. Recently, this week I'm going with Old Miss LSU under seventy six and a half. LSU rushed for three twenty against UF, and I imagine uh, they will try to run the ball versus Old Miss. Also, potential to mail it in if they get behind. Ole Miss is banged up. An offensive line receiver tied in. Corral may not be 100%. They have had three very physical weeks in a row, and it's taking a toll. I also took LSU plus 10.5, but that is down to 9.5 now, so I'll go with the under for the pod. Tooth emoji, lock emoji. And by the way, we never explained who the dentist is this season, apparently, and people like in the comment section have said, who the heck is the dentist? Uh, so basically, like best, I wasn't on the show then, 
Barton just had like a total degenerate gambler dentist, and uh, the guy, uh, like he listened to the show and he would tell Barton what his pick was. No, they're wait, you know, the dentist, like they're right? friends, yeah, I, I know who it yeah, is. Yeah, they've, they've known each other, um, okay. since they went to they went to school together. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to yeah. connect them, them too closely, depending on uh, when they hashtag uh, reveal the dentist. I want to know too, just yeah. give us the name. We want let's, let's talk off introduced- for the next time I'm in Nashville. Yeah, it was introduced because uh, we were about to pick an Ole Miss game and we were, you know, throwing it around. And Barton goes, so I was talking to my dentist about this game. <laughs> he didn't include like any other uh, insight into this, but that, you know, proceeded to be an outlet for this. He became a character on the show. At one point, I had a dentist drill sounder that I would hit and it drove listeners crazy. <laughs> Like, I think it got inside their brains and tickled like the reverse of ASMR. Um, so it is Bart is truly is Barton's dentist. That is a friend of Barton's from before the cover three podcast, but he's also a listener and we do appreciate that. He's continued to ride with us and, uh, and submit his picks, uh, lock emoji, tooth emoji via Bud Elliott. We do appreciate him. We just wish he would give better picks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, another let's see the in terms of like the the big time high profile games, we got the SEC on CBS game of the week. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna throw out this one just as another headliner. Uh, number eight, Oklahoma State going on the road to play Iowa State. Iowa State favored by seven over under a 47. Uh, anybody got a play in this one? I do. Me too. Me too. You gentlemen can go first. I'll follow. I'm Clones. gonna attack the total. Give me the under. I know I had the over army going, but I think this is a battle of running backs and which quarterback do you really trust between Spencer Sanders and Brees Hall? Uh, or excuse me, and uh, no, 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 you Brock said it Perry. right. Which running back <laughs> yes, do you trust? Right. That is the more focal point of their offense. But I think these defenses are both better than we think. I think this is going to be more of the Big Ten type of of game where you see a whole lot of running, a whole lot of play action pass, and not great quarterback play which to me says the game's going to go by fast and it's going to be low scoring. So give me the under. I'm going to take Iowa State uh, and I'll go ahead and lay those points and no six and a half. So I, I assume this thing's been locked in at seven for most of the week. I, I think that this has been uh, an Iowa State team that was written off early, has played some pretty decent football. Its losses are not bad. And uh, against an Oklahoma State team that is riding with a ton of confidence right now. I mean, shoot, you're in the top 10, you're undefeated. We're all of a sudden starting to circle Bedlam and have those conversations about whether this is the year Mike Gundy can get it done. I think that going into Ames, you get reminded that uh, while we were putting a ceiling on Iowa State at the beginning of the year in a way that had Iowa State fans furious at us, I think we all acknowledged there was a very high floor. And this is where the high floor of Iowa State really reveals itself. And I do think they win this game by a touchdown. You know, I've been very good in lock fights this year. Against you three, been an 11. I've won eight. There's one person I've been in a lock fight with twice, and I haven't lost to. And I'm about to be 3-0 and against them after this week, because, Chip, you fight. and me are fighting. Oklahoma State, plus seven and a half. Fight, 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 fight. First, I will start with this trend from the bear before I get to my explanation. But since 2016, Oklahoma State is 13-3 and against the spread with 10 outright wins as an underdog. 
last time top or then there's also this stat which is uh there have been eight games where a top 10 team since 2009 has been an underdog versus an unranked team the ranked team is seven and one against the spread in those eight games and then as for this game i respect both teams i don't know that oklahoma state's gonna win it might be their first loss of the year iowa state is a good team iowa state can't beat oklahoma state but i think it's gonna be a closer low scoring game and i just think that if you look at the numbers, Oklahoma State's offense still isn't good, but it's been improving in the last couple of weeks, and it's getting a little bit better. I think it's finally figuring out what works and what doesn't, and it's kind of just sticking to what's been working for it. And this is still an Iowa State offense that is not very explosive, which makes it difficult for me to trust them to score enough points against this Cowboys defense to not just win the game, but to cover the spread as well. So especially getting the hook, I love Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. All right. Um, let's see. Prime time. USC Notre Dame. I would say that's probably going to have uh, a decent attention. National broadcast. Uh, very, you know, the jeweled shillelagh brings out all the normies and all the basics. And that's what we're trying to get out here first before we really go open gym. Uh, Notre Dame favored by six and a half at home over under a 57 and a half. Uh, anybody got to play here on USC Notre Dame? I do. Okay. Am I the only one? Uh, I, I have one as well. Possibly. <laughs> no, okay. right, well, I'm taking the under 57 and a half. Uh, I don't trust Notre Dame's offense. Like, we don't really even know who the quarterback is right now. Jack Cohen, Drew Pine, and Tyler Buckner have all seen snaps in the last few weeks. None of them have played well enough to take the job for good, so we don't know where that's going to go exactly. And I'm sure they'd all love it if Notre Dame has a run game, but Notre Dame doesn't. They the Irish rank 125th nationally, averaging 2.7 yards per carry. They're 125th nationally in rushing success rate. And this is a USC defense that's kind of been the red zone roulette kind of defense all season long, where they give they don't mind they give up yards, but they do a pretty decent job of limiting explosive plays and then just trying to again play the red zone roulette. And I think that matches up well against this Notre Dame offense that is kind of, you know can't run the ball which kind of makes it struggle a little bit in the red zone and on the other side of the ball we've talked about it before i i don't think you know ucla is 47th nationally in points per drive it's eighth in success rate on offense but it's been a bad red zone team it's 87th in red zone efficiency it does not finish drives very well and i also think this is an offense that drake london is awesome but they struggle against physical teams. And I think Notre Dame defensively is a physical team. And I think they have a good secondary that can match up well with what USC does in its passing attack. So I just don't see USC scoring a ton of points either. So while I'm not comfortable with either side of the spread, I am pretty comfortable with this game finishing below the total. So under 57 and a half. So uh, I, I played under 60 at open. I played Notre Dame minus six at open. Both those are kind of gone. So the next best thing to play in this game, so I do want a piece of this for the locks pod. I'm going to go USC team total under 25 and a half, which pairs pretty well with Tom. It's kind of a combination of both of those bets. Uh, I agree that USC is not a great red zone offense. I mean, neither is, is Notre Dame, to be frank. Uh, but USC's run defense is pretty crappy. I think this could be a game uh, where Kyron Williams gets on track. Uh, so go ahead and give me the under 25 and a half team total for USC. I think that's what is that? Even money or mm -hmm. you know whatever. It's it's not juiced. So it's under all standard here baby. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to sit this one out. I have one I was considering. A little birdie told me 
Jackson Dart's getting closer. Closer to maybe playing quarterback again for USC. Was that little birdie Jackson Dart when he was speaking to the media on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> he ran with the twos. He said he was feeling better. And A little birdie told me, don't be surprised if you see Jackson Dart under center in South Bend. Um, yeah, sure. I, okay. To provide a, a little bit of context, I had to write the preview for this story for .com. Jackson Dart is a game-time decision. He's been getting better, and like you, I would think that even if Slovis starts the game, don't rule out seeing Dart in this game. Uh, on a the friend, All right, here's how it is. A colleague of ours who works on another show with a guy who won the Heisman Trophy at that school told him, don't be surprised to see Jackson Dart. So you can hmm. do connect the dots if you want, but there's pretty good <laughs> intel that you'll see Jackson Dart. Rhymes, so, with, rhymes with Mady Win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, on the Notre Dame side, the sense that I'm getting is that it's cone to start, Buckner change of pace, Pine is ready if we need him, but the hope is that the other two have things going. Notre Dame also is starting a true freshman at left tackle for the second time in program history, and both of those times that they've done it have been this season. This offense, he's good won. though. He's good. When he got hurt was the real issue. Like, like he, I think he's. I'm very. I, I want him in there. The, okay. the backup sucks compared this, to him. Like I'm not, not trying to rip on a kid, but like the true freshman is pretty damn good. He'll be a pro. We've shifted this Notre Dame offensive line several times through the first half of the season, and trying to get that right is what uh, a lot of the off week was spent doing with Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese, and those quarterbacks. They are trying to piece this thing together because guess what? Jack Cohn's not going to run the zone read, right? He's he's just not going to be part of the quarterback run. So they bring in Tyler Buckner earlier in the game, try to wear down the opposing pass rush so that when the statue with the better uh, passing arm is trying to make throws in the fourth quarter of the game, the opposing defensive linemen are tired because they've been chasing Tyler Buckner around. I've got no play in this game. I think it's probably uh, an under. I like the that there just because there's going to be uh, not a lot of confidence in either offense, but still, it's a, it's a, it's a fun one to keep an eye on. Okay, uh, we've got... So the, the week winner for last week was, I guess, Bud. So Bud, anywhere you want to go. All right, let's go to stuff that I think could move even during the show. We know steam happens on Thursday. Let, let's, let's get it... Uh, Let's get it going. I'm going to head to uh, Minnesota, right? Uh, injuries matter this time of year. If you track them, I think you can really get an edge. DMS is out. The other receiver's out for Maryland. They are getting se- likely to get several key defensive starters back for the Terps. I'm going to be playing the under 56 uh, minus $1.12. That's at what Caesars and Bookmaker right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, under 56 minus $1.12 for me in that one. I think we will have a little bit lighter pace. Uh, Maryland lacking some of the explosiveness. Minnesota isn't explosive at all. Uh, so under 56 for me there is something I like quite a bit, and I played it this morning before we hopped on. Anybody else on that one? No, I was uh, I was considering taking Minnesota, but again, don't like it nearly enough to lock it up. I might like it on Saturday. We'll see where that line moves towards as the week goes on. Okay, uh, Tom, why don't you throw it on the board? Okay, I'll start with my favorite play of the week. Uh, sorry, Pitt. Taking Clemson plus three and a half. The uh, I 
I think we spend way too much time focusing on the fact that Clemson's not a national title team and then just kind of writing it off as being a terrible football team. Offensively, there's problems. The offensive line is still bad. Defensively, they're still very good. And this is a pit team that on the season has been pretty awesome offensively. It's just the last few weeks, not so much. This is a team that on the season has a uh, its third nationally with a passing efficiency of 183.9. And it ranks 41st in rushing success rate, which is not great because they cannot run the ball very well, but it's still a pretty decent job as far, but as far as yards per carry, but more than anything, overall success rate on offense, they're at 48.1%, which is up there with ninth nationally. The problem is in their four non-conference games, that number was at 51.7%. In two games in the ACC against Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, it's been 41.2%. Like, it has dropped significantly in ACC play, as you'd probably expect as, you know, the caliber of opponent kind of steps up a little bit. And this is the best defense that Kenny Pickett and these guys will be facing all season long. And as mentioned, this is a team that struggles to run the ball consistently and efficiently. And if you're a one-dimensional offense going against a good defense that can take away that dimension you know, and you can only pass the ball on them. I just, I don't think Pitt's going to have enough offensive success in this game to trust them to cover this spread. They might get the win. I'm not saying they've got no shot at winning the game. I am picking Clemson to win straight up as well, although I might money line sprinkle it. I might not. I like the points more than anything. So that's where I am. Clemson plus three and a half. It's still the best team in the ACC. I'm sorry. Ooh. Lock agreement. Yeah. Ooh. I I played it at four. I still like it at three and a half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look, I, I also is is Cansey healthy for, for Pitt. They you know that he's a pretty important piece of their defense in my Twitter injury crowdsource thread over the weekend. Uh, a couple people noted that, that he got dinged in that game against Virginia Tech. Um Pitt Pitt just gives up too many explosive plays for me to trust them to, to cover more than a field goal in this game. I also reduced their power rating. Just a little bit uh, because of the uh, the game that they played against Tennessee when Tennessee was still kind of rotating quarterbacks. They also just can't hold the lead because they can't run the ball. They have to chuck the ball every single time. You know, I I still think that I think P- Clemson's defensive line is pretty damn good. I bet on Clemson's defensive line last week via taking that Syracuse first half team total under. Uh, this week I'm going to go ahead and grab those points with the Tigers. All what right. do you think? What do you, what's your guess for the score, Tom? Uh, let me see what I got it. Because I, I was leaning the towards, the, I'm not going to put something on this game. I was leaning towards the under because what point can you trust Clemson's offense to put up anything offensively? They were just still waiting for them. Although I did like the fact that Ngata and Ross both had some pretty nice plays. Maybe that builds up DJ's confidence, but it's still a problem. Yeah, I'm at 26-24 Clemson. Gotcha. Okay, so, I, yeah, I'm at Clemson 26.3, Pitt 24.4. So mm-hmm. both that, both you guys would be on the over then. Yeah, but like, I mean, that's what? Barely. Barely. Yeah. 1.8 points. Like, that's not enough for me to lock it up. Yep. All right. Um, If you wanted to, though, Danny, like, if you wanted to play an alt under here, I I think there are versions of this game script where it's like, you know, 17 10. Right. Right. Alt unders. Cool. Uh, Chip, we got to get you on the board. That's the okay. name of my. That's the name of my band, by the way. <laughs> um, let's let's get terrifying. Like let's really 
you know, because I saw some people in the chat said that any Clemson bet is a little bit scary because of the way that that offense has looked. How about trusting Wake as a favorite on the road in Mikey Stadium up at West Point, laying the short number against Army? I think that when we looked, oh no, I'm I am because this is a bad matchup for Army's defense. Army's defense wasn't scared by Wisconsin. You know what Wisconsin doesn't have? A downfield passing attack. You know what Wake Forest does very, very well? Move the ball through the air. The athletes that Wake Forest has on the perimeter are going to be able to make plays and hit explosives against this Army defense in a way that Wisconsin simply was not. Is this somebody? Are you queuing up like a you're single own? mode? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want really to get a copyright strike. So, um, so I I think that it looks trappy. It is. It's a hundred percent. You know, you're coming off the off week. You're starting to think about the ACC championship, but that unique matchup advantage, where especially in comparison to the way that Army lined up and competed against Wisconsin, I think that Wake Forest is a tougher opponent for Army to play than Wisconsin. Now, Army will be able to have more success and not find it as difficult to move the ball on offense against Wake Forest defense as it did against Jim Leonard's Wisconsin defense. But when I'm looking at this game, anything under a touchdown, I think that Wake can get it done thanks to its passing attack. I mean, I support you in everything that you do except when we're fighting. So you you have my support. Just I do not agree. Oh, it's three, by you the know, way. It's Wake Forest minus it's, three. It's a sellout at Mikey Stadium this weekend, and Mikey you know, Stadium's got a bigger capacity than they have at Wake, so I'm not sure the Deeks are t- used to this atmosphere. I typically I support Chip as my ACC brethren as well, but you know who I support more? I support the troops. Fight? <laughs> We're fighting on this you one. Fight, it? fight. I, fight. I hope with all my might, that I am wrong on this one because I would love to see Wake Forest get the win and come out clean and have an impressive resume builder and have the last remaining ACC unbeaten still up there. This game terrifies me. I feel like this is going to be the game, and maybe it's too obvious, but we've been getting closer, right? The Oklahoma a few years ago, uh, then it was Michigan. They almost knocked off Michigan. All games they could have won – And even uh, their last game against Wisconsin was a little bit closer. I know they came back late, but they're still – they believe they can beat this team. And I get the passing aspect to it, but guess who they beat earlier in the year who has the most prolific passing attack in the country? Western Kentucky and uh, Bailey Zappi, Army beat earlier in the season. So if I can get three and a half here as a home dog, I'm going to take it. And I don't hate if you put a money line sprinkle on it either. But if I'm going to get three and a half, I'll take them. So – I was going to bet Wake here, and I'm definitely not going to bet Army. But when I when I sim this game, like Wake's rush defense is like really good at not allowing big runs, but they are really not very good at like just getting stops, you know, for, for zero or, or negative yards. So I ended up decreasing the number of possessions in this game quite a bit, and it wasn't quite enough to trigger an under bet because I feel like Army games are already used to the under pretty hard. Uh, but like it just cut down the number of possessions because my original raw number on this was like Wake six one. And then I cut it down to like wake three, five. So I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like chip side here. Not that you guys need me to weigh in on every pick, but like, I, I it's a weird handicap because they both do something that the opponent really struggles to stop. All right. Um, do you want, you want me to throw in another one out here? 
just to start filling it up. Hold your nose. Like, just really hold it. Colorado plus nine. Okay? Just why in the world are we trusting Cal to be favored by nine points against anybody in the Pac-12? This is a Cal team that has continued to drift closer and closer to the bottom among the sort of like power ranking, power rating, the Pac-12. And I think that while Colorado is also in that same space, I I, I don't think the Bears have enough uh, offense to be able to pull away. It's probably a low-scoring, ugly game. You'll see the total around 43-and-a-half. And I think that in that low-scoring, ugly game, uh, Colorado can keep this thing within a touchdown. Anything over a touchdown is irresponsible to lay with this Cal team. So I will take Colorado plus nine if I can still get it. Is, is it eight and a half now? Eight and a half. Okay. Actually, you know what? I just told you a minute ago, right? How I support you. Oh, oh another fight? Oh, lock agreement. Yes. We are both on Colorado this weekend. <laughs> Much for the same reasons. Like, I'm not trusting Cal to cover that number against anybody. Colorado last week against Arizona. We know Arizona's bad, but they seem to get some stuff going. They put up 34 points on them. I think they could at least score enough points to hang with Cal. So, yeah, lock agreement. Tom and I do the uh, the early edge sports line show. It's a Wednesday's live stream followed on all sports line social channels, uh, including YouTube. And it runs at it's 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. I included Colorado and they just skipped it. They were like, no, no, we, we're not spending any time on, I don't, it don't matter. Like we'll put it on the graphic at the end. Colorado plus nine was submitted and I was given zero time to explain my pick because it was so disgusting. <laughs> so glad that we here can control uh, our own rundowns and uh, I can be sure to get this buffs pick in. So I took this 10 and a half. I really like Colorado here. I'm not going to lock up not like eight and a half, nine because I already, I'm already in on it, but like Cal, what they do well is run the ball. And Colorado's run defense is sort of in that like below average, but not terrible. Not range. bad, yeah. Yeah, like they're not that bad at run defense, and they could force Cal to throw the ball a little bit. Cal still plays very much like it has a defensive head coach. They don't really play to blow people out. They're you know pretty damn conservative when it comes to ga- game management decisions. That doesn't lend itself well to, to multi score wins. I, I think you guys are on the right side here, man. Love to hear it. Um, all right, let's get. Also, many- I don't think. Has Colorado covered yet this year? Uh, they covered last week. Oh, that's right. They did cover last. I was going to say. Against Arizona. I was going to say, hey, they got to cover at some confidence. point. Yeah. <laughs> and they also covered against A&M. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Coming up on the other side, more of our Week 8 Locks next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. 
To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When it comes to meat, quality matters. And when you invest in the high quality meat from Butcher's Box, the benefits go way beyond just a great tasting meal. That's because Butcher's Box sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. So you don't have to search the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and much more. It can be so straining. You lose time trying to read all the little details. Butcher's Box can let you know that you are making the decision you want to make because their sourcing decisions are made holistically. They keep the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind, always delivering products you can trust. And when that butcher's box arrives at your door, goodness gracious, uh, the it's plentiful. And so like right now, I'm so excited because I've got some ground beef. And what is it going to be a part of? It's going to be a part of a delicious pasta sauce that we'll be making all through the day and into tonight for our family to enjoy. And it's from Butcher's Box. You know, they send it to you. It is packed well. You'll be able to know that everything uh, is sustainably sourced. And now you can be a part of the Butcher's Box family and you can enjoy it by going to butchersbox.com slash cover three. That's right. Every month, Butcher's Box will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. No antibiotics or added hormones. Each box contains 8 to 14 pounds of meat, and depending on your box type, that can be enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience so that you can save time on your next grocery store trip. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want with free shipping for the continental United States. So here's what you can do. Butcher's Box is offering to new members a 10 to 16 pound turkey free in their first box. A whole turkey, a 10 to 16 pound turkey for free in your first box for new members. Just go to butcherbox.com slash cover three. That's butcherbox.com slash cover three. Get that free turkey in your very first box for new members. Butcherbox.com slash cover three. I have freezers full of butcher box meat right now. Freezers. <laughs> Me too. Had some wings last night. They were really good. I was made excited the, about the wings. Night. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was excited about the wings because it's going to uh, force me to get creative with the sauce, right? Yeah. You know, yep. Showing up and uh, this is the first time that I'm going to be able to you know, figure out what kind of sauce uh, I like. Play around with it. Experiment a little. Chimichurri on wings that you grill. Hmm. Next level. Ooh. Ooh, let's have a like butcher box tip. Every time uh, we've got a butcher, <laughs> hey, hey, butcher box. Every time you sponsor a show, we'll give out a personal tip. Today's tip is chimichurri sauce on the wings from Bud Elliott. 
Holler at us. I'm all hungry now. Damn it. <laughs> I got two meetings after this. I'm, 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 I'm fasting not by choice today. Um, <laughs> this, this is butcherbox.com slash cover three to be able to uh, go in and get on that deal from our friends at ButcherBox. And yes, thank you, ButcherBox, for uh for the meat. Uh let's see where we got a little bit. Let's review actually, because I I still need to put some stuff on the board, but I want to make sure that anyone who joined us late, because I do see that a lot of viewers have tuned in since we started. Tom's card, uh, just a lot of color right here. Ole Miss LSU under 76 and a half. That is a lock fight with Danny. Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. That is a lock fight with Chip. Uh, Colorado plus eight and a half. That is a lock agreement with Chip. And Clemson plus three and a half. That is a lock agreement with Bud. Uh, I'm on Iowa State and Colorado plus eight and a half. Danny's got Ole Miss LSU over 76. Tulane SMU under 71. Oklahoma State, Iowa State under 47. Uh, the totals boy right here, Danny Cannell. Uh, Bud is on App State plus five. Again, that's already a win. The SMU team total over 41 and a half. USC team total under 25 and a half. And that Clemson plus three and a half. Hey, Chip, scroll yes. down one little row on the lock stock because you're missing a row. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tom's also got the Notre Dame USC under 58. Chip also has Wake minus three. Uh, Danny's on Army plus three and a half. And Bud's got the Maryland Minnesota under 56. Thank you, Tom. You're for, welcome. Uh, for your astute observation. You've always got my back there. Uh, all right, open board. What do we want to go to? I'll go with another one of my favorite plays of the week. I am taking San Diego State plus three and a half against Air Force. I think this is a huge game in the Mountain West. I think that Air Force is the best team in the Mountain West Mountain, and I think that San Diego State might be the best team in the Mountain West West, which, Chip, we had this discussion on the cover three <laughs> on HQ last week. The dumbest division names in <laughs> college sports. We used to give the legends and the leaders so much crap, but the Mountain West named its divisions Mountain and West. Yeah. Anyways, big game. I think Air Force is very good. I think that this is a San Diego State team, though, that you know, the, if you look at the matchup, these two teams like to do two things. Like as far as running the ball, obviously Air Force runs the ball a lot. It's an option team. It has the second highest rush rate in the country. But San Diego State's not far behind. San Diego State runs the ball 64.2% of the time. That ranks seventh. Well, guess who the two of the best rush defenses are in the country? Air Force and San Diego State. So they're two teams that like to run the ball against two teams that are really good at stopping the run. And San Diego State over the years with Rocky Long there, we've seen them have plenty of success against option teams. Now that you know Brady Hoke's back, I think that they still understand what it takes and how to defend option teams. They face them plenty of times. So I do think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but I don't see a ton of value on the total because I think it's just a little too low for my tastes. But I do see a lot of value on San Diego State getting more than a field goal in a game that I expect to be very close, very tight, and very low-scoring. Tom? Agreement. Boom. I was actually kind of fighting with myself here because there, there's two plays that I think are, are both pretty live. Well, I, I took the under 42 and a half. That's gone. I took four. I'll still take three and a half. No problem there. Uh, also, I think Air Force team total under 22 and a half is, is actually probably an equally smart play. I'm not going to lock up both because that's kind of a double shot. But like, uh, I, I do think San Diego State's pretty live to win the game. Um, I've been on Air Force a lot recently, and I, I just think this is the time to jump off. 
jump out of the plane. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm hitting the eject button here. Hopefully I can parachute into a nice little San Diego State victory. All right. Um, I'm going to take us to Chip Kelly reunion day. Got Oregon coming into town. Bruins, top 10 opponent. Uh, I do know that that is a, some friendly, friendly light blue. You know, Rose Bowl is just makes just real comfortable. A lot of just lattes and mochiladas and, you know. It's a nice color. Sissy on boy blue. Yeah. Sissy boy blue, right? <laughs> Bring your um, sissy ass. Yeah. Well. I'm, I'm going to go with the Bruins and I'll go ahead and, and lay this. I think that Oregon is conti- like the Cal game has to be concerning. And while they are getting healthier along the offensive line, which is a good thing, there are still some injuries that are not going to be. Uh, they're not going to be fixed in terms of the issues just with a couple of weeks. And so in the secondary, I know that we don't have UCLA pass catchers that uh, are are really intimidating on the perimeter at the wide receiver position, but we do have Greg Dulcich, one of the best tight ends. And so if you're missing a key safety, that could be a big problem. Uh, I think that at the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a fantastic battle on both sides of the ball. But ultimately, I think that Dorian Thompson Robinson is the better quarterback when lined up against Anthony Brown. If Oregon goes to Ty Thompson, maybe that ends up being the reason that Oregon's able to get in and out of Pasadena with a win. I don't think that happens. I think that Mario Cristobal continues to ride with Brown. I think DTR outplays him, and I think that Chip Kelly gets a victory against his former team. Lock agreement. For a lot of the reasons you said, UCLA, their two losses came against Jake Hayner and Jaden Daniels. Those quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks, able to move the ball through the air. You know who's not? Anthony Brown. They have been atrocious on third down since that Ohio State games. It's one of those ones. I The only thing I'm a little bit skeptical is like which – like I don't know. I don't feel great about either one of these teams. But home field, uh, we already saw UCLA push around LSU. I think they'll be able to get the run game going with DTR as well. Uh, so I'm going to take UCLA too. I like them laying the two. All right. Where are we going to go? We want a sicko mode pick? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I'll go ahead. Uh, Oklahoma's playing Kansas as a 38 and a half point favorite. Give me the Jayhawks. The number's yes. a little too big. Yeah. You want a stinker? Yes. The numbers, uh, everyone's all Caleb Williams. Oklahoma's going to win this game, but Kansas, Lance Seipold's got his team fighting. They're going to score. They're going to keep pushing. What the heck happens when you take Caleb Williams out of the game? Who are you going to? You going Spencer Rather going in? Is he going to be in a great mood to Trying be able to, to hand that off on some snaps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mop up duty. Oklahoma wins big, but not by 38 and a half. Give me the Jayhawks to cover. Hey, uh, yeah, you know it's better than 38 and a half. 39, even better. Yeah. Let's go. I I, I wanted to do this. So did but I, but I, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do instead. Scared? Total <laughs> over. That's my play. That could work too. I'm I'm try, I'm actually probably gonna go and once Oklahoma gets up like 24 nothing 15 minutes into the ball game, I'm gonna go ahead and play the live Kansas plus 51. <laughs> I, I I don't know. That that is gross for sure. So you're saying that 38 and a half doesn't uh doesn't make you want to bite. You've got to get into Ohio State v Rutgers, like 51 point spread type territory to be able to go and grab that. Yeah. That is the histor- I'm I'm referencing a game from I think four years ago. That was the largest in conference spread on record, uh, Ohio State against Rutgers from uh, s- several years back. I am locking up the over. Uh, Kansas ain't stopping Oklahoma. 
And to your point, if Kansas is just going to never quit and just like not roll over here, then they are going to slowly start to rack these up. I, I love Oklahoma homeovers, as I've said several times, and this is in Lawrence, so it doesn't qualify, but there was something about the the rhythm and the script of the TCU game that made me think that these Oklahoma overs might be a starting point when analyzing the Sooners moving forward, that every single time an opponent can climb back into a game and cut it to you know, 14, 13, make it anywhere close, the Sooners just seem to have a, a great answer right away. All that leads to higher totals here. So uh, I will go with the over in Oklahoma and Kansas. All right. What else? I've got two left. I have, uh, I have, I have three left. Unload. All right. I'm going to go to the big house and I'm going to play another under here. Megan Barton cry. Um, (laughs) I'm going to take under 51 minus 108 in Northwestern Michigan. Uh, I don't think we got to see the impact of those Northwestern injuries last weekend against Rutgers, uh, but I do think we will see them here against Michigan. I had some concerns about Michigan's defensive line entering the year, uh, but those concerns have mostly been been quashed. I don't trust Northwestern's offensive line. I actually do think the bye week helped the Wildcats a little bit get their defense right. They looked much better against Rutgers. Uh, Michigan has totally ceased hitting explosive plays. That also plays into the under idea uh, here. So go ahead and give me the under 51. Uh, there's actually some under 51 flats out there right now, which is kind of cool. So go ahead, give, give me the under 51. Always scared to take unders in Michigan home games because Jim likes to put on a show for the home fans when he can. True. Always nerve-wracking. Michigan I- home overs are, are, are generally a thing. Mm-hmm. Anybody got we we have not touched Alabama Tennessee. I'm not going to let us get out of here without at least weighing in on it. Does anybody Alabama's going to win? <laughs> that's that's about the only thing I feel confident about. I, this is one of those times like I got positive movement on both the Sunday bets and I still don't like them. This is like totally hold your nose. They they opened Tennessee 28. I was like on principle I'm taking that and they opened what 60 68 and I took the under yeah. on that. I'm just I'm not I'm not super confident in that even though I got movement. Nothing I like here. Chip, are you on something there? Uh, let's go. Alabama first Milton. half. Okay. Oh, what is it? Alabama first half. It is 14. Uh It is no. Uh well, there's a Yeah, there is a 14 out there. We can give you a 14. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Alabama first half, uh, golf ball hangover. Like Al- Alabama getting into rhythm. Alabama wants to come out and just let you know right from the start who's who and what's what. Strong start. And I am terrified of the full game because of that offense and kicking in the back door coming down the stretch. When Alabama's trying to get out of there, run the ball, s- shorten the game, uh, I think that it will be a far more explosive and aggressive offensive attack near the beginning of the game. So give me the Crimson Tide. I don't want to have to sweat Josh Heupel in the back door. So uh, I like the first half. I will say, you know, if this gets below 24 anywhere, I will probably take Alabama. Yeah, I could see that. Um, if this gets below 24, though, you'll probably get Bama 13 and a half first half, which is even nicer. Yeah. Uh, 
my, I guess my, my two thoughts here, number one, you know, in baseball, you can actually click like list pitchers to where if you're betting baseball and they have a pitching change, like yes. the best void. Yeah. I wish you could do that here where it's like list hooker void. If Milton, <laughs> right? Uh, cause that would be, that would be kind of cool. Uh, the other thing is we've already seen Nick Saban play against one of these offenses this year. And Nick basically just said, screw it. I'm not going to try to special game for it. We're just going to drop everybody. We're just going to play pretty conservative, and I expect that's what he'll do to Tennessee here as well. Just not a lot of the explosives. Right. Um, I think I'm out. All right. Well, I've got two left, so I will go with another under. I'm taking the under 45.5 in Virginia Tech and Syracuse. Oh. That is just going to be an ugly game. Oh, chip's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Virginia Tech's not going to be able to move the ball against Syracuse's defenses. Syracuse's defensive line is very, very good. They prefer to run the ball. I'm right there with you. This is going to look like if we could put grainy film and put it on ESPN2 and have that ESPN2 logo that was like all lowercase and have all those kind of graphics, you would think that this is like a Big East Thursday night game from back in the day. I just... Tech's offense is just so bad right now, and it's uh, yeah, no, I don't if even. Syracuse have beats. Uh, if Syracuse beats Virginia Tech, is Justin Fuente fired on Sunday? I think there's a very good chance he could be, and by very good, I don't mean more than fifty percent. I just mean like a more than twenty five percent. It's a damning indictment for our offensive minded coach that after he has his quarterback, and again losing James Mitchell. Is something that is context that should be mentioned. You've got an NFL tight end that's not been a part of the picture, but this was supposed to be the like, all right, guys, I'm about to show you. This is why you brought me to Blacksburg, and uh, that offense is bad. I'm, I'm not fighting you guys because I'm waiting on this. I, I want this to steam to the under so I, I can get like over 44 and a half, or I would even play this at 45. That's kind of like my minimum buy point. But Vatek's got some injuries on defense. I think Waller, the best corner they have, and maybe the best corner in the ACC, is banged up. Vatek doesn't really stop the run. They stop the pass really well, but they don't actually stop the run. Syracuse doesn't even try to pass anymore. I do have concerns about Burmeister and the Vatek offense here, which is why I'm not playing this yet. So I'm not going to fight it. I just, if I can, uh, man, if I could find like a 44, I'm, I'm all over that thing, but it's not there right now. All right, I got a, I got a, another sicko mode play for you. Do it. Ooh. You know who's coming off a of bye week is a heavy favorite. The Florida State Seminoles. Come on, bud. Give me a little confidence <laughs> on this one. Are you going to take the 36? I, I, I'm, no, I'm laying 35 and a half. I'm laying 35 and a half. I think this Florida State team coming off a of bye, getting a lot of guys healthy. Jordan Travis off of his best game as a Seminole. What happened against Jacksonville State already earlier this season? Not wanting to come close to another just disastrous upset. I think Florida State rolls. I don't think UMass is going to be able to score many points in this game. I think Florida State wins in convincing fashion well over the 35 and a half. Bud looks skeptical on this one. Are you at all worried about the Walt Bell Bell. revenge game? Yeah, Not at all. Not worried about (laughs) Walt Bell's return one bit. I made this 49-16. Um, I All right. here's my problem though, and I did play the over. This offense is it is actually pretty okay right now in its very specific form. They cannot afford to get Jordan Travis hurt. 
how much do you really want to run Jordan Travis against UMass? Because if he goes down, they're back to scoring like 10 points a game, right? Like they're very specifically kind of like an option team right now, you know, with and the offensive line is reasonably healthy finally. So I, I'm not going to be laying those points in this one because I think the thing that makes this offense go also puts your quarterback at risk. And they got a very difficult final stretch going. You know what you got to do? Let them throw. Let them air it out. Yeah, that's, that's, points that's why I like from. the over um, a little bit. All right. Uh, can You want me to just rapid fire this thing so we're almost at an hour? Yeah. I got a couple. All right. Go ahead and give me Western Kentucky under 77 and a half. I know it is kind of crazy to bet the under in an FIU game. However, my man Devontae Price from Charlotte High School, one of the best running backs in his league, Western Kentucky run defense is – terrible Uh, i think that fiu will come out and be able to control the clock some running the football here and i think under 77 half is the the right way i also love coach helton making terrible fourth down decisions and punting and kicking ridiculous field goals when he should be going for it that plays into unders uh, much better than west kentucky's like fundamentals say that they should so go ahead and give me the under 77 and a half there. I actually bet that at like 75 or 76, and it's moved against me, and I don't care. I still like it. I, I just think if, if I, you can run on those guys. Um, here's one that I already bet the side on this. I'm going to bet a team total under. Go ahead and give me UNLV team total under 20 and a half. That is sicko mode as hell, I know. And uh, look, we, we don't know if the quarterback's going to play. The backup last week was not very good. Um, I, I think they score like 13 points. So under 20 and a half for me, team total UNLV against San Jose State. One and then two winless teams remaining. Yep. All right. Last one here. We talked about Ohio State's defense quite a bit. And I was like, I got to find a way to play Ohio State in this game, I think. But Indiana, very good at preventing explosive plays. Defense doesn't give up a lot of big ones. I'm not going to play the Ohio State team total over. I am playing Indiana first half. Team total under nine and a half, <laughs> minus a dollar eleven. I, they're not going to get the ten points in the first half against Ohio State. I have some reasonable confidence that Ohio State comes out and plays focused defense and shows everybody that they're actually okay on defense now. And uh, like it wasn't just Rutgers in Maryland. They're going to make Indiana look bad defensively in the first half. The specificity of the picks allow you to have incredible rhythm <laughs> as you deliver them. I'm on Ohio State. Ding. First half. Ding. Team total. Ding. <laughs> it's awesome. awesome. All right. I, I've got one left. Uh, it's going to be an over. I am taking the over 48 and a half in Cincinnati Navy. And my reasoning is just that Cincinnati can't just win games. Cincinnati has to put, you know, statement wins out there. They can't just beat Navy. They need to beat Navy 55 to 10. They need to crush them. They need to look impressive in every single game because we know the committee, as long as Cincinnati's undefeated, the committee will still look for any reason it can find not to put them in the playoffs. So Cincinnati needs to make sure it is perfect. It's got no flaws, no hairs out of place, no nothing. So give me the over 48 and a half. Cincinnati might get there by itself. All right, Tom, I'll start walking your way. You start walking mine, right? Let's meet in the middle. I got that under 53 and a half. You got over 48 and a half. Let's, let's get that middle. That's like a 90s country throwback right there if you got mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. Can you I, name the band? I, I can't, but I know the song. No, I cannot, but I know the song. Yeah. <laughs> we ready to uh, recap? 
Nothing else? All right. Got sprinkle? My, yeah, I got sprinkles. Oh, yeah, well, but... We got sprinkles. Uh, first, the against the spread picks, week eight locks. Tom Fernelli going with Notre Dame USC under 58, the under 76 and a half in Ole Miss LSU SEC on CBS Game of the Week. Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Colorado plus eight and a half. Clemson plus three and a half. San Diego State plus three and a half. Virginia Tech Syracuse under 46 and a half. And the Cincinnati Navy over 48 and a half. Under, under, dog, dog, under, under, dog, in and over. Uh, Chip, Wake Forest minus three. Oklahoma, Kansas over 66 and a half. Iowa State minus seven. Colorado plus eight and a half. UCLA minus two. Alabama first half minus 14. Virginia Tech, Syracuse under 46 and a half. Danny, Army plus three and a half. The Ole Miss LSU over 46 and a half. Tulane SMU under 71. Oklahoma State, Iowa State under 47. UCLA minus two. Kansas plus 39, Florida State minus 35 and a half in the Walt Bell Bowl. Bud, Maryland. Chip, in the, yeah. It's just a uh, it's just a blue screen right now. Oh. Just, you don't like the doc today. Do you not see it there? Hold on. Uh, Hold it looks on. like it's loading. Uh, it looks like it's loading. Uh-oh. And loading a blue screen. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to read it. Sorry, guys. Am I, am I coming through okay? I'm not. Yeah, I right? got you. Okay. Uh, Danny. Army plus three and a half, Ole Miss LSU over 76, Tulane SMU under 71, Oklahoma State, Iowa State under 47, UCLA minus two, Kansas plus 39, Florida State minus 35 and a half, Bud, Maryland, Minnesota under 56, App State plus five, SMU team total over 41 and a half, USC team total under 25 and a half, Clemson plus three and a half, San Diego State plus three and a half, the Michigan Northwestern under 51, the Western Kentucky FIU under 77 and a half, UNLV team total under 20 and a half, Indiana first half team total under nine and a half. And I'm going to try to give it to the people. Here we go. Let's see. What about that? Oh. Mm, I see. I saw a little circle for a second. <laughs> there no. you there go. we go. There Damn, it is. All right. Boom. All right. They, this is what happens when you make the dentist mad. Yeah. Comes in, finds a way to uh, to come and grab us. And uh, so for those of you who are watching on youtube.com slash cover three, you'll see it right there. The lock fights Chip against Danny in Wake and Army. Tom against Danny in Ole Miss LSU on the total. Tom against Chip in Iowa State, Oklahoma State. The lock agreements, Colorado for Tom and Chip. Clemson for Bud and Tom. Uh, UCLA for Chip and Danny, San Diego State for Bud and Tom, and Virginia Tech Syracuse under for Tom and Chip. Everybody take your notes. Everybody got it? Screenshot it. Screenshot it right now, and you'll be able to have it. We, of course, if you follow us on Twitter at uh, Cover3Podcast, then you can see uh, our cheat sheet. Our cheat sheet, of course, is not all of our picks. That's why you watch it here on YouTube.com slash Cover 3 so that you can check out uh, the entire locks doc. All right, money line sprinkle time. Let's take a look back at what we had with Lax Week's sprinkles. We did have an Air Force win for Tom and an Auburn win for Danny. And Bud cashed on Auburn, Bud cashed on Oklahoma State, Bud cashed on Minnesota. That means our records for the season. Tom is 11 and 8 on Moneyline Sprinkles, up 10.54 units. Bud is 9 and 9, up 7 units. Danny is 8 and 12, up 1.8 units. And Chip is 8 and 11, up 0.46 units. 
So Tom, or I guess Bud, you had the best week. Bud, why don't you get us started with Moneyline Sprinkles? I got a couple this week, actually. Uh, and we are going to go to some interesting leagues here. I'm going to start act like that was rare. You always have a bunch. That, Let's go. Unload well, two weeks ago. I only had one and I lost. And I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually had a money line sprinkle on a team that lost. And this week I'm going against them. Uh, I don't really want the points here. Go ahead and give me the money line. I am taking Charlotte plus 235 to upset FAU on the road. Uh, FAU has been a bad road team under Willie Taggart. And uh, I just don't trust them to go on the road and get this win against a rested Charlotte team. So go ahead and give me Charlotte plus 235. I don't hate it. Do I Do I empty the clip or do we go around I'm, and then go empty home? it. Empty okay. it. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what we do on on, on um, sprinkles. All right. Next one here. Give me Northern Illinois plus 178 going to Central Michigan. Um look, Central Michigan could roll them, but I also think there's a situation where Central Michigan's offensive line injuries catch up with them. And they're unable to get anything going. NIU is able to run the ball effectively, and they come out of there with the victory. So I just think that's that's too high. Uh, I mean, granted, all these I think are too high. Otherwise, I wouldn't be betting them. But that's <laughs> that's kind of just the definition of value, right? Uh, Chip but, or uh, D- Tom, by the way, the song uh, was by Diamond Rio. There we go. So th- th- thank you to the live chat there on that one for our middle song. Uh, next, so. Ohio, pretty decent at preventing explosive plays. Kent State, horrendous run defense. Ohio doesn't even try to pass the ball. Ohio, plus 185 to upset Kent State. And then finally, what is the best number I can get on Temple? Oh, we've got owls. we got lots of owls out here. Um, Where are they at? Where the hell? Best number I can find you right now is 115. I'll take it. Um. So, USF had a chance at a win last week on the scoreboard, but their peripherals were horrendous. They actually had a 1% post-game win probability despite only losing by a field goal. Like, that game was absolute smoke and, smoke and mirrors fraud alert, and I think Temple's the better team and will easily go into Tampa and get the victory. U- USF is is bad, which sucks. I like Jeff Scott and that staff a lot, but they're, they're nowhere close. Mm-hmm. Is that it? All right, well, I'm also with you on Temple plus 115, so we'll add that on mine. And then I've got three others. I am on. Sorry, Danny. Sorry, Chip. You're both on UCLA minus two, but I'm on Oregon plus 110 because I think they're going to win that game. I am also on uh, Nevada plus 145 ending the night as dogs against Fresno, which is a team that from week to week is exciting, but inconsistent. I think Nevada can win that game. I think, you know, Jay Kaner, rest in peace as he's resurrected one more weekend. And then finally, to go along with the lock earlier, like I said, I'm taking Clemson plus 145. I, I love taking the points and I think there's plenty of value on the money line too. I think Clemson is going to win the game. So if I can get plus 145, thank you, certain sports book I won't mention because they're not sponsors, but thank you for that. So yeah, Clemson and Nevada both plus 145. All right, Danny. All right, let's go. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys are degenerates. I'm keeping with the mainstream. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> Since we actually are sponsored by Caesars, and Caesars has plus 150, we should give, we oh, should give well Tom then. that. Whoa. When did that happen? Because <laughs> that was not the case before the show. <laughs> All right. You heard me. 
I'm a patriot, maybe the only one on this show. I support the troops. Give me Army to win outright. What is it, plus 140? Is that the best I can get versus Wake? I can get you, yeah, plus 140. Plus 140. Give me Army versus uh, the Demon Deacons. Purdue, plus 140 against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's garbage. Purdue's going to win for the first time in 14 times. No uh, real breakdown needed there. Uh, All right, I got another one for you. They're going to rally the troops around their – Fired coach. Washington State, home dog against BYU. I think Washington State's just a pretty good football team. I think they'll rally. I think they, they still have their offense coordinator there, Jaden Delora. They the players loved Nick Frolovich. They made it clear. I think they're going to want to make him proud, go out with the win at home, plus 165. Is that what uh, I get? Can you get what I see? I don't, or, yeah. I saw right. it. Nice. Plus 165. And then I got two more. I'm unloading the clip. <laughs> Oklahoma State. Give me the pokes, plus 194. I've seen enough Iowa State. I think they're playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. Uh, I think their defense gets it done, shuts down Brees Hall and company. Slight edge there to Spencer Sanders and the Oklahoma State defense as well. Last one. What's up there? Wouldn't it be funny? (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny? Now, I get plus 310 LSU to win outright in Oxford. Are we really at the point where we just trust Ole Miss, who's been in a lot of one-possession games lately against Arkansas? They squeaked it out, got the point, uh, the stop on the two-point conversion. That game was getting really dicey in Knoxville, where we can just trust them to win as a nine-point favorite. I'm not. We don't know if Matt Corral's playing. Give me LSU. What do they do around Ed Ogeron when he's an interim coach, which he is now? They oh, play hard. They play to win. Give me the Tigers. Danny, I got Let's some go. bad news. Uh-oh. I think somebody hit this during the show. What? Like it's like plus 290 now. Ah, uh, okay. Well, no, I'll no, still take it. There's it's a 310. You see a 310? Okay. Bam. That's awesome. Three, 310 at a go. another book that rhymed. Never mind. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I've only got two here. The the first one, Tom, what is uh what does the Pac-12 always do? Oh, uh, it kills itself, Chip. Yeah, that's right. Utah's the best team in the Pac-12. Oh no. And it's got and I love Utah, but the Pac-12 always does what's worst for the Pac-12. And Utah, the team that we're so excited about, surging with all this confidence, they're going into Corvallis. Uh, I will take Oregon State on the money line as uh, to be able to hand Utah a loss that sends the entire Pac-12 title race, uh, you know, a new wrinkle uh, into that as we try to figure out who's going to actually emerge as the conference champion. And then this next one to me is the exact um, reason why we talk about money line sprinkles because there is no way I would take this team to cover this spread in this spot. But I do think that it is one of the places where situationally you're going to get one of the best performances you could get all season in terms of coming off an off week, being away from home. This team's been better on the road than they have been at home. Uh, their record has been win loss, win loss, win loss. And if you're looking at a roulette board, you say they're due for a win. If the pattern's to continue, uh, not a lot of confidence, mostly a hunch. Give me Jackson Dart. Give me USC uh, going in and taking the jeweled shillelagh from a Notre Dame team that is be- much better than USC and probably wins the game more often than not. But I think that there's a chance that if that USC locker room under interim coach Dante Williams is going to get up for one game, I do think playing in South Bend at night, national television, this is a spot where I, I think that we should get as competitive of a game from USC as we'll get. 
Can I add one more to my card? Sure. On the it wouldn't it be hilarious kind of tip. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm up enough where I feel like I could take a shot like this and not worry about it. Give me Northwestern plus 1120. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. Considering, you know, Michigan's history and Northwestern's history of doing things nobody expects it to, plus 1120 looks kind of enticing. All right, so I know we're running long. How does that game script look to you if they if they pull that out? Is that Michigan and the offense just can't get it going? Michigan can't throw the ball. It's mostly it's a one dimensional offense. They're not able to run the ball against Northwestern. Keeps it kind of close. Keeps it kind of ugly. Maybe a turnover or two goes Northwestern's way, and just like Northwestern wins thirteen to ten. Okay. I mean, it was twenty to thirteen against Rutgers. Like this, <laughs> that that game, it's, the script has kind of already been there. It just mm-hmm. involves Northwestern finding ways to be able to score uh, in the second half and be able to take that lead. Okay, so the the locks, we got Tom is on Temple plus 115, Oregon plus 110, Nevada plus 145, Clemson plus 150, and Northwestern plus 1120. He's so cocky that he's just spraying the board and even picking Northwestern to win in the big house. Uh, Chip is on Oregon State plus 130, USC plus 220. Danny is on Army plus 140. Uh, you know, I guess just preparing for a second straight Army money line loss. Uh, Purdue plus 140, Washington State plus 165, Oklahoma State plus 194, and LSU plus 310. Bud is on Charlotte plus 235, Northern Illinois plus 178, Ohio plus 185, and Temple plus 115. Woo! A lot of the, a lot of demand for uh, for access to the lock stock, and honestly, if we do, uh, if we do end up making this thing public, it will never pull to Streamyard again because there will be so many people in it. But maybe that's the best way for us to uh, the, to give you all access and uh, a look into it. Uh, thanks to all of you who watched us live on youtubecom slash cover three. Subscribe to the Cover Three podcast on YouTube and uh, smash that notification bell so that you can know when new episodes are live, the video version, uh, and make sure that you also subscribe to the audio version wherever you get your podcast and hit those notifications as well so you can be the first one to get these locks. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.